Embrace God's rest. Embrace God's rest. Okay? Uh, we're going to probably do dwell more on the Passion Translation, uh, but the New King James is just about the same. Uh, but I've been in the book of Hebrews, so uh, you know, you, you share from where your heart is. So we, uh, let's go to Hebrews 4. Uh, uh, so I'll have a couple of scriptures, uh, Hebrews 4 in the Passion Translation. Hebrews 4. Uh, okay, there we are. And uh, <clears throat> we'll do some reading, but not very exten- extensive, so that you, we can get the context of where, why I'm talking about embrace the rest of God. Uh, And this is what it says from verse 1. Now, the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. If you read it in the New King James, it says it's still available. It says, now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise. Uh, uh, Note those words. We must ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. That means the promise can be available, but if you're not embracing it, you end up failing to experience it. Let's move on. For we have had the good news of deliverance just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they had didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, Faith activates the promise. Are you amongst those of us who believe? Then your faith is what activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. I mean, these words are waiting. If we had all the time, we could break each of those words so that we can grasp it in the fullness, but you are well taught, so I know you are like the Berean church. You go back, you read the word, you reread the word, you meditate the word, you pray the word, and then you get your revelation. So faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath. They will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. Let's move on. I want us to go all the way up to, I think, verse 7. For it says in the scripture, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, they will never enter into my calming place of rest. Those who first had the good news of deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith's rest. So there is a place designated for those who believe to enter into. So that means there are levels of progression in our walk of faith. 
And then it says, uh, into the realm of faith rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fullness of God's promise. Amen. Amen. So for, uh, for now, we can, we, can, we can stop there. But you see the gist of what Paul was talking to this body of uh, the Hebrew congregation. So I know so much what has been spoken in this church. So much. If you've been a consistent church attend attendee here, there is so much word that has been spoken here. And especially lately, talking about the glory realm. You remember that board of eternity, the beginning and the end that are limitless. And then, of course, the demonstration that pastor has. I mean, that teaching has kind of revolutionized my thinking to think something different. So th those who are spiritually alert would certainly agree with me that God has been preparing us for a shift. Amen. When revelation of the depths of the word of God come to us, they don't come just to pacify our ears. They come to stir us up to prepare us for the shift that God would like to make in this place. And that shift will happen to individuals. It will not happen to just the building. The shift that God is intending or is working towards or is working with us to because it's progressive is supposed to be impacting us therefore we see in the scripture that it's our responsibility to embrace the promise that God has availed that means the revelation of the season that is coming to us we're supposed to have our antenna so alert that we know and we recognize the moment of opportunity or the window of opportunity and we are able to grasp it so that it helps us to make the required shift in the spiritual realm. If we don't embrace it, then we shall fail to experience it. That's what we have learned. Have you ever wondered what's different between this and this? or this individual and this individual, and they all call themselves Christians, but what is the difference? The difference is the level of your embrace of the revelation that God is, uh, is giving us. Uh, I think it should have been uh, two Sundays ago. Pastor spoke a lot about, uh, I think he was talking about uh, our pap or God's purposes in our seasons, something like that. You check your notes, you remember it. But he dwelt on Matthew 13, one statement he made there, Matthew 13, 19. He said that the word you do not understand gets stolen. You can sit and hear the word, but if that word is not comprehended, then it's what this, the, the, par, is the parable of the sower in Mark 4 that talks about the types of soils. So if you are not careful and intentional about 
understanding, comprehending the word through consistent meditation, that that word may excite you, but it doesn't bring the desired outcome. Because why? There is an enemy in the waiting. And he waits. His intention is to take the word and run with it because he knows once you don't have the word, then you become ineffective in whichever area it is. So pastor said, lack of understanding, or maybe this is the way I wrote it. You know, I hear him saying something, but I write it in the way I conceptualize it. So uh, maybe this wasn't verbatim, but this is what I, I picked. That lack of understanding disrupts the flow of your particular season of life. Because there is a flow of the seasons of life. And I think he was also, uh, he's been teaching on uh, Ecclesiastes 3, where he talks about uh, God has a purpose there. You know, uh, it, in everything there is a season. And, and a time for this and a time for that. And then down there he spoke about that God has a, a purpose and he places it in each individual's life. So lack of understanding will disrupt the flow of your particular season of life. You may be progressing so well so far. And then if you reach a place where you feel like, oh, I got it all together and, and, and let me not exact, exact myself, then you realize that the enemy is ready, waiting. That's why Peter will tell us, don't be ignorant of the devices of the devil. Because like a roaring lion, he moves to and fro, looking for who he may devour. He does not devour the human, the body. Predominantly, he takes the word. Because he knows if I take the word about healing, then it is easy for diseases to latch on you. If he takes the word about uh, 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 sowing your financial seeds, then he knows he has caught you in the realm of poverty and lack. So he's always aiming at something that he can pick so that he can cause the effects of the curse in, in your life if you're not careful. Then Pastor also spoke, I, I believe it's still the same day, he's, uh, on, he taught a lot on Romans 12 too. And the statement I picked there was that we must focus on renewing our mind. Why should we focus on renewing our mind? Because the unrenewed mind limits you from embracing the promises of the rest of God. If your mind, if you have, if you are, let your mind consistently be renewed by the word of God, then you consistently make shifts of uh, uh, progressing into the glory realm. And I believe that's why Colossians 3 will tell us, do not foc uh, don't, uh, uh, focus on heavenly realities. Don't be distracted by the things that are earthly. So that means my pursuit and my desire on a, on a constant basis is what, what, what word, what word am I making uh, 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 or meditating on to change my thinking? What area of my life can I identify that does not align with the word of God? That's why God will tell Joshua 
that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate upon day, day, day and night because in that you will make your way successful. And you know, you're like, day and night? Yeah, it, yeah, it is day and night. It is day, it's a, a life, lifestyle, it's lifelong. Because until you die, you, you, there are steps you need to be making. Progress is, is constant. It, it doesn't, it's not measured like you've arrived. The minute you tell yourself you've arrived spiritually, please watch out. <laughs> you're, you're on the, uh, 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 what, reverse gear. Okay? So you have to make a definite purpose that I'm renewing my mind because an unrenewed mind limits you from embracing the promise of rest. Let's go to Hebrews 7, uh, sorry, Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, we're still in the Passion Translation. Uh, from verse 7 there, we read to verse 10. And, and uh, you know, just to see why we, do we need, why do we need to be renewing our mind and agreeing with the word of God. This is what it talks about Jesus. Who was Jesus? The son of God. He was the holy son of God. He came from <clears throat> the holy place. And he, he, the scripture says he, he did not sin. But listen to what the scripture tells us about the testimony about Jesus. During Jesus, during Christ's day on earth, he pleaded with God. How did he plead with God? Praying. The son of God prayed. You hear? The son of God was committed to praying. And he was the son of God. He was deity yet man. But he prayed with passion. Not only did he pray, he was a passionate prayer. He prayed passionately. He didn't appear once in a while. And then he says, and with tearful agony, that God will spare him from death. And because of his perfect devotion, his prayer was answered and he was delivered. So what is the outcome of passionate prayer? Deliverance from whatever is ailing you or your family or your situation. Then let's, let's go on uh, verse 8. But even though he was a wonderful son, he learned to do what? To listen and obey through all his suffering. So we are seeing three things here. He was prayerful. He was uh, 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 passionate about prayer. He listened. Remember Matthew 13, 19, that, we, uh, that uh, we spoke about, that pastor said, the word that you don't understand, the enemy will steal. He listened, and then he went beyond the listening, he obeyed. And I like what the scripture says, through all his suffering. That means it was not segmented to when things are good. He did not only pray when things were, 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 were good or bad. He prayed all the time and he obeyed all through. Even when circumstances are complicated, we never say, ah, and this word is not working. Actually, that's the time we apply the word more because you know you are on a battle zone. There is somebody that is fighting your destiny. So he he prayed passionately, he listened, and <clears throat> he obeyed through all his sufferings. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
and after being proven perfect in this way, he has now become the source of eternal salvation to all those who listen to him and obey. Right there. You know, it's easy for us to keep saying, Jesus loves everybody, and he does. Jesus loves everybody, but there is a condition right there. He has become the source of eternal salvation to all those who listen to him and obey. That's our response. There is a condition to us experiencing that eternal salvation. We have to also mirror what he did. He prayed, he listened, he obeyed. So we have to do likewise. We have to listen and to be obeyers or doers of the word of God. Move on to verse 10. For God has designated him as the king priest who is over the priestly order of Melchizedek. We won't go to that theology, but uh, the, what I wanted you to see there is that he listened, he obeyed. We are supposed to listen and we are supposed to be obeyed. So this is what I pick from those scriptures. That his positioning to that priest, priesthood position. God positioned him to that priesthood position. Remember he was destined for it. Even though he was destined for it, there was a corresponding work he needed to do to become. And that's what we, was, we are seeing here. His positioning required his cooperation with the Father's plan. So God has a plan for each one of us. But that, for that plan to become as effective, then our cooperation is very paramount. Because if we don't cooperate with the plan of God, the plan remains dormant. You understand? The instructions that you don't obey remain in a dormant state. They were yours. They were given to you. They were spoken. The promises we, we read there were given to them, but they didn't enter the rest because of their unbelief. So the instructions that you don't obey, they remain in a dormant state, and then you will be missing in action. Because you're not doing what it requires to collaborate, to cooperate, to agree with the plan of God for your life. And therefore, you can, you can live a Christian life, but you are like in a vacuum. Because you're wondering, why are things happening? Why? Because you're missing in action. God is there. God has actually, we saw that God already has released. He's already released everything to us. That's what uh, Peter says, that God has already given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already done his bit. But then we are supposed to come and agree with the plan that he, he has done so that now we can occupy our position. So if I'm not doing the word, then I'm missing in action. And that spiritual, my spiritual position remains vacuum. I could be saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, going to heaven. <laughs> but I'm actually missing in action in the plan of God for me in this, in this uh, 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 earth. 
So let's move on to Hebrews. I told you I've been in Hebrews, so we are doing, we, we are encouraging ourselves with the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 6, verse 10. Yeah. This is what it says. We'll read verse uh, 10 to 12. It says, For God, the faithful one, is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work you have done for him? He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually. I've been looking for keywords. God is not unfair. He does not forget the beautiful work you have done, but then there is a condition there. He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve. It's one thing to begin. But where is the catch and the connection? It's in the continuation. The continuation is what crowns the glory of what you're aiming at or, or, or that God has planned for you. Demonstrate as you continually serve his beloved ones for the glory of his name. But we long to see you passionately advance until the end. I, I, really, I really like, like this verse. We long to see you passionately advance. Do you like those kinds of words? Advance. Advance. We are not retreating. We are advancing. And we are not only advancing until next year. Paul was saying, we want to passionately see you advance until the end and you find the fulfillment of the, the hope and you find your hope fulfilled. So there is a progressive path here that we see. And I looked at the word advance because I liked when I, I, I my eyes uh, 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 find a word. I like finding the definition of those words so that they stick with me. And this is what I found about uh, uh, the word definition. Uh, the definition of the word advance is not exhaustive, but I think it, it, it meets uh, the purpose for where I'm going. What is to advance is to accelerate the growth or progress. Advance talks about acceleration. Remember, I started by saying that I believe God is preparing us for a shift. So the, that shift will, will take people that are accelerated. Uh, I believe they are, uh, uh, that shift will bring acceleration, growth, and increase. In what area? In the area you want to increase. You know, we all don't want increase in the same area. I hope we all want in spiritual increase because everything else must hang on your spirituality. But then there are other facets of increase that you may be in faith for that I'm not in faith for. Okay? So it depends on where you want increase. It's up to you. It, uh, the word advance means to move forward. Do you not like moving forward? It's song Historia back Oh, we are just there. Took or two. So those are not right words. Took or two. Wapi. until when? Yeah, advance. Move forward. And the another definition is to raise to a higher rank. Nice words. You're talking about promotion. Okay? 
and then to bring forward in time. To advance is to bring forward in time. When I saw that one, I remembered, remembered the, the demonstration that Pastor did on Sunday with the four handsome men. And he was talking about uh, here we are today. And uh, he said we, re we reached out and we were able to, uh, to, uh, to receive salvation and redemption that happened 2,000 years ago. And then here we are and we know that there is all this that is into our future. And he said if we can go backwards for restoration, why can't we go forward for acceleration and we bring it into the now? So really, it's, 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 it's your, 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 uh, your bringing that which is uh, uh, pre-planned and made ready for you into the now because you are exerting your faith in praying, in listening, in obeying, in renewing your mind, isn't it? So you're seeing that your whole life is being catapulted to levels that you would not ordinarily have gone. Because you're living the life of the Spirit and you're pursuing the things of the Spirit. So the key objective here is to be positioned accurately. That's what we are aiming at. When we are saying embrace the rest of God, all, all, all I'm saying is that believe God to be positioned accurately in your journey of faith so that you become in, uh, uh, impactful. Okay? So that means be placed in a situation that confers advantage to you. You know, it's one thing to be alive. It's another thing to have advantage. You're living, but you have an advantage. When you have an advantage over something, you're always superseding others. You're not in competition, but your, your race is accelerated, isn't it? Why? Because you have advantage. It's like when you have inside information about something, you're already there. You're moving so far, so quick, okay? Because you already know. I've been, the, the whole of this week, I've been at, at attending a, a, a course. Actually, I came straight from there. Uh, a very interesting course. It's about, I deal with children, so it's about children. I won't bore you with the details of it. To me, it's very interesting. And to some of you, you're like, yeah, please, let's move somewhere else. However, so uh, in one of the, 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 the breaks, you know, it's typical of Kenyans. I'm a Kenyan and I love Kenyans, but they have some, some of these cultures, that they just, it's just in them. Timekeeping is a big deal. You're already in the location, okay? You're already in the location. You've been told lunch is 45 minutes, and 50 minutes are over. An hour is over, and you're like, guys, you kept us in the morning. We can understand you are in a matatu or your Uber got late, but we released you from here to go there to have lunch, and then you're still keeping us. Those, that culture, I, I, I just don't comprehend it, but there we go, apply love. Uh, so so the, then the trainer, I think when she, she, when she came back, there were just a couple of us, and the others are just idling there, waiting for it to start, so that they, when she come, they come and we've started, and they start asking questions of what was trained. 
That's what makes me not happy. Because I'm like, you came late, and now you are delaying us because we have to do what you missed. Never mind, that's not where I was going. So the, so the trainer said, she said, she said, I'm wondering, did rapture happen? Because everybody, most of the people have said, eh, you know, it was like a refresh action. I said, no, it can't happen. It didn't happen because I'm here. <laughs> and she said, oh my God. I said, there are things you don't say. There is no way rapture can, I can miss rapture. That I know. So I, it was like a reflex action, and I was like, no, it, it didn't happen because I'm here. If rapture happened, I would have been gone. You understand? So that's what I'm saying, that when you have inside information of where you are headed to, nobody can come start telling you, now I him to a kisumu. I tell them that is Joshua. It's not me. Me, I know who I got. I already know. You understand? Yeah, so we, that, we are not confused about sin. We are believers. So there is no way we can be confused in all these more distractions of this natural world. We can't. Because you already have inside information of the life that we are aiming at. Okay? So you are placed in a situation that confers advantage to you. Who are those people who have been placed in an advantageous position? Let's see them in Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. It's, it's a very common, it's a very common uh, you know this. Let's re read from verse uh, from 28, just so that we see the gist of it a bit. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. It says, "And we know that all things work together for good for everybody." Is it for everybody? It's for who? To those who love God. You know, you, 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 can't, you must be reading your scripture accurately for you to be placed in an advantageous position. Don't just be quoting scripture and saying, for we know all things work together for good. That is so incomplete and so incorrect because the scripture is clear. This is not for everybody. All things are not working together for good for everybody. It is to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Read on. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Then this is what I interpret. If everybody was to say that all things are working together for good for me, and they are living like heathen, are they going to be conformed to the image of his son? No, you cannot marry holiness with sin. That's just what, uh, clear. It's as clear as ungayugali. You understand? It's just that clear. You know, if you find, if you, Ungayauji, you nobody knows what is in it because they put, or men, not they put, they put, I don't know, millet, they put, but Ungayaugali, Ungayaugali, that's it, that's it. That's what, that, that, I, this is what it is. 
Those people are being conformed to the image of his son. Therefore, they have a constant mind renewal because they want to be conformed to the image of holiness, the image of faith, the image of understanding, the image of revelation, the image of constant passionate prayer. So they are progressing in the life of the spirit and then it says that he might be the firstborn among many brethren do you think his brethren are, are wicked no they are not let's go to the to the, the last scripture moreover whom he predestined this he also called whom he called this he also justified and whom he justified he also glorified so where is the shift that he is making to us, taking us? It's taking us step by step to a glorified life. That's how we escape the chaos that are on this earth. You understand? So there is a select group that is positioned for advantage going by the scripture. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's for but it's not because God is unfair. That's what we started by saying. He's not unfair or unjust. However, there is a, a conditions that have to be made because God is holy. And the scripture says, those who worship him must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth is paramount. I was reading the, Revel the book of Revelation last week and so many good things you will see there. And then you go towards the end of it where he's talking about the, 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 those that will be put into the lake of fire together with the devil. And uh, he's talking about the, the uh, idolaters, the prostitutes, the, all these terrible, the murderers. And then he says, and all liars. And I, you know, and you're like lying. <laughs> it's classified with prostitutes. It's, it's, it's classified with which doctors. That's how holy God is. And that's why I keep telling myself, I keep telling myself, Ruth, you cannot be confused about sin. It's as clear as darkness and light. Sin is evil. It will take you, it will take you to the pit of hell. Just taking it casually. You understand? So this, this advantageous position is for a select group that are determined. I want to live the life of holiness. How? I am allowing the word to inform me, to transform me, to uh, uh, I'm responding to things according to the word. I'm letting the, the word uh, judge my thoughts, my responses, my words. My commitment level, you understand? Yeah. So God is not partial, but God is just. He loves everybody, but he says that there is a select people he has called. Otherwise, he would have said this is everybody. Every creation is called, and every creation is justified. But that's not what the scripture says. Then, those who value the work of his redemption... Do you value the work of God's redemption, the blood of Jesus, the gift of salvation, that you, you were so sinful, but yet he paid the price for us? Those who value the work of his redemption and they allow the renewal of their mind, they become transformed into the image of his son. And what is the end outcome? 
they are glorified. They are glorified. That's the life pastor was trying to was describing to. He wasn't trying. He did describe to us. He was describing to us. There is a life beyond this natural realm, but it's only attained to a people who have a life that is consecrated, dedicated to the honor of our God. It's not for everybody. It's a people that are determined. I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm going to get to this realm of His glory. Okay. And what is what does glorified mean? It means to be be bestowed with honor. This is what being glorified is to be bestowed with honor and elevated to a preferential position. That's what glorification is. Remember? It means you become distinguished in your dealings with life. You're not just living life like every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You understand? It's, It's a distinguished life. When you're in the company of all other people, there's something there that tells, hmm, something is different about that one. The way they carry themselves. The way they speak, the way you understand, it's it's an is 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 a distinguished uh, position. To be glorified is to experience God's peace. That's what rest is. To experience the peace of God, you're enjoying the rest of God. Okay. Our final scripture, and then we pray. Ephesians 2. Verse 1. Sorry, Ephesians 2, 1. Read verse 1, then we jump to verse 4. And it says that, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Can you see what he did? Made alive. You've been made alive. You're never going to die. That means, but that, that means because we are talking about the spirit to you. The, person that, the, 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 the part of you that was made alive is the spirit to you. So lest you keep telling me, you start telling me I've come with another doctrine that we are not dying. No, I'm talking about the spirit man. You're never going to die. Because this is how important to God. There is a definite purpose that he's he is, has placed on you. I told you I've been reading the book of Revelation, and in one, I can't remember whether it's, it's in chapter maybe 11, 12. Don't, you can go read. It, it, it talks about, it, it's where he's talking about uh, the seven angels, uh, the final judgments, and the seven angels and the, the works that they, they will be doing when God gives the command, angel number one, angel number two, and it came to angel number seven, and angel number seven was to pour the wrath of God. You know, like the final judgment, and what caught my eyes, it says that, and the bow, the, 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 uh, the sensor, the bow that where the the um, the elements that will the angel will pour that will judge the earth, the scripture says that in that book is the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints comprise the weapons of warfare 
that the angel of God will use in the final judgment. Can you imagine how important you are? That's why I'm saying that you're not just another guy existing here or another young girl or another professor and I. We are, we are growing old, but we never age, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. so we are not just there. We have an end time purpose. That means if I understand how critical my prayers are in the plan of God, including the end time plan, how can I not be a prayerful person? How can I not make it my utmost desire that I, I, am, I am agreeing to be used of God for all that he has put in motion for me? So he says, and you he made a light who are not dead in trespasses. I read that scripture this morning and it reminded me when Elder Francis, I can't remember which Sunday he was talking about boys to men, a song for boys to men and everybody was looking and yeah, I just laughed and you know they always speak on me but I love them so I, I keep forgiving them and, and then he said, yeah, Elder Ruth must have sung or danced or and, and to, be, to be honest, I I know that band, Boys to Men, but it, when that Boys to Men came into being, I was an, an already a mature woman. So there's no way I was going to dance to a song by Boys to Men. Although, and actually, I think I was born again by the time Boys to Men was. But today, as I, I read that one, uh, and, and knew he made a rhyme, I remembered the song that I used to, I used to like. I used to like break dancing. You don't know what that is, do you? Yeah, maybe Mark. You, do you, did you teach uh, my, my sister? I used to like to, so, so there was a song by John Travolta that used to say, staying alive, staying alive, eh, eh, eh. eh. So that one I used to sing. So I, when I read it, I say, can you imagine even dead, dead people, heathen people, they were confessing that they are staying alive. But us, not only are we confessing, we've been made alive. And there is a scripture that I, I like in, I think is um, Isaiah 43 that says, when he acts, nobody can reverse. That means if he's made you alive, you're, you're, you're go, you're, you are living forever. When the scripture calls us citizens of heaven, it's because we are only passing here. This is not our destination because we've already been made alive. The people that are earthly die, but the heavenly people don't die. You understand? And therefore, we've been made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Go, go, go to verse 4, please, for the sake of time. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been made, you have been saved. And this is what I realized there. Not only have we been made alive, the scripture there is saying that we've been raised together with Christ. What does that mean? We've been placed in a position of advantage. If you're raised together with Christ, you're not meddling around here with the politicians. They are too low. They are too low. You can't come 
that law because you already been raised together with Christ. Your position is too high up there. And then let's move on to verse 6 and say, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. Are you living on earth? Are you living on earth? Are you living on earth? We are talking about the spirit you. No, the spirit you is not living on earth. So the spirit you cannot be affected by earthly matters. Earthly elements are so little to you. Because you already sitting together in heavenly places, an advantageous place. And the, let's finish with verse 7. And then it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So see what God is going to do. He's going to brag with us. Our advantageous position is so that we can become the equipment that makes God's plan become glorious because we've walked with him all our lives. So then it means I'm keen in applying the protocols that secure me in that position. You can be given a position but if you're not keen in obeying and applying the protocols, it will pass you. I've seen people, I've seen people offered the best of the position in jobs. They were qualified, they had the know-how, but they went there and they played games. <laughs> and they were like, hey guy, we are not just nice here. We wanted you because, we hired you because we needed your services. And because you're playing games with a, such an opportunity, advantageous position, a place of authority and victory, you are playing games with it, the enemy takes advantage of you. And you just find yourself me, uh, 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 struggling, meddling, losing it, and yet you are supposed to have been in the select group, okay? So then I have to be keen in applying the protocols that secure me in that position. What is that? The word. I, I'm serious about the word. I'm serious about meditating the word. Because it's one thing to know the word. It's another thing to regurgitate and meditate on that word until it transforms your image, your thinking, your understanding. You, you, you understand me? And then I am committed to prayer and I am a doer of the word. So tonight, I'd like us to pray just a, a few minutes in tongues. Use our faith to see your new advantageous and preferential status in Christ. So what we are asking is, God, breathe on us the breath of the heavenly hour. Because you know sometimes because of the dealings and the situations and the distractions of this realm, sometimes we, 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 we can be veiled of what that glorified position is about. But so tonight we, we, would like, we, we want to focus. Our focus when I'm talking about a glorified, advantageous, preferential position, I'm not talking about earthly success the way we know it. Earthly success or, you know, riches, popularity, earthly glamour, and all that. You understand? All those are worldly. I mean, all, you can have all the money you have, but if you don't have God, who are you? 
You understand? When I'm, to- when I'm talking about that advantageous position, I'm talking about a focus on, on being contented with the life of the Spirit. You remember what Romans tells us that, no, it's Hebrews actually, it says, Content, godly contentment is great gain. I can't quote it fully, but I think that's how he says. Godly contentment is, is great gain. So that means, I'm, I'm saying that, can we reach a place in our spiritual walk and in our spiritual life? And w- although we are living in this earth, but we have been so, we get so full of God that we are so contented with the life of the spirit that all these other things become peripheral. That when everybody is running uh, to the, great, uh, the newest deal to make millions of money, you're like, God hasn't told me. That is what godly contentment is. Because you know, I'm already in the plan of God. We didn't get to verse 10 of Ephesians 2, which is one of my favorite scriptures. And I, I think, I know Pastor has been talking about it. That talks about that we are God's handiwork, his workmanship, created in his own image, that we may live, that we may walk in paths that he has prepared and uh, predestined and made ready for us, living a good life. That means because I have the godly contentment in me, all that I want to surround me is the word of God, the life of the spirit, the life of love, loving people, uh, serving people, uh, serving in the kingdom of God, doing that which God has given me. And I'm not in competition with anybody else because I have godly contentment. And because I'm staying within the plan of God and the path that he has predestined and prepared for me, all these other things, Matthew 6.33, they will be added unto me. Why? Because I'm seeking the kingdom of God. Okay? So tonight I'd like us to pray very briefly. We, let's sing that song, please. You there. Breathe upon me, breath of God. You have it. Yeah. And, and then we pray, we pray in tongues a couple of minutes. And then we just, we just ask God. Just ask God. Uh, 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 um, refocus my desires refocus my pursuits refocus my attention refocus my life let me not be caught in all this that is distracting and around us and the chaos that are around us and refocus me to desire you more than anything else and when we have, when we allow the breath of life of, of God to fill us, then it will be so easy to stay focused and to give our attention to the, uh, the realm of, of the glory. Amen.